Uh, Alright, so I think I'm going to start this, like, general background on uh, Power Rangers before jumping into the comic. That sounds good. Yeah. Alright, so, ready? Yep, absolutely. Alright, let's go. Welcome back to Monging Your Ears. My name is Corey. Helen and April are not with me today, but I have a special guest. Rangi's here. Hi there. Hey, Hang. Uh, you've not been on the podcast yet, but I brought you here to talk about uh, what in my mind is your specialty, Power Rangers. Uh, yeah, I guess so. It's definitely uh, happened in the past, I'd say, five, six years that I've really gotten a lot more into Power Rangers. I've always been into it. But just in the past five years, a lot has happened to really kind of get me a lot more into it than I have been before. Yeah, I mean, specifically the comic started coming that we're going to talk about started coming out in uh, 2016. Um, mm-hmm. So that that really also started my uh, interest back into Power Rangers again, uh, as well as the uh, mediocre movie, live action movie. Yeah, that, that was about where I started to get back into it as well. Uh, the movie was coming out... Uh, the comics had started coming out, and I remember Twitch did a, a marathon of every Power Rangers episode, and that kind of really reignited my flame for the series, and I've been deep in it ever since. <laughs> wow, I did not even remember Twitch did that. The only thing I remember is the Pokemon thing from Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, I think you're a few years older than me or something but i was i was in the five six range when power rangers was coming out on television um and one of my earliest memories is being angry that bill clinton interrupted uh a power rangers episode but (laughs) uh is that also how you got into power rangers just like watching Uh, it on tv yeah pretty much i I was i think power rangers came out in 93 i want to say uh and i would have been uh about five years old then uh, I remember being in kindergarten, hearing about it, and uh, it aired on our Canadian kids TV station for a while, and then parents complained, and it got banned, and then was only available on our Fox affiliate, and that's how everyone watched it. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so it, it, it was in Canada for a while, uh, super popular, and then a ton of parents complained, and it was, it was off the kids TV station after that. Yeah, it was just going Fox Kids here, as far as I know, yeah. in the U.S. Because um, I should specify, I've never said that I'm U.S.-based, but uh, I guess I should just assume for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I watched Power Rangers uh, around to uh, Lost Galaxy-ish, and then I kind of dropped out of it. Uh, how long did you stick on it? Pretty much the same. I... Um, dropped in and out of it in those years, like, uh, probably around the time... Uh, around the time Kimberly leaves is where I stopped like watching it religiously, and then from there on, whenever like big events happened, like the Zeo switch or the Turbo movie or like in space, and then when Lost Galaxy happened, I kind of I went back in and and was watching at those points, but I was never as into it as I was at the at the start mm-hmm. with like the first movie and all that. 
um, big hype around that area. Yeah, I remember the first movie being big, and especially the second movie with Kim and Jason coming back for a small cameo. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the Turbo movie for sure was one that uh, it was one of those ones that reignited my my love for for <laughs> a brief flash before I, I uh, probably was Sailor Moon I was into at that point. Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball at that point was happening, and my attention went to that instead. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I, I like I watched pretty religiously. I think through Lost Galaxy, and then I dropped out a bit. I jumped back in for Wild Force for some reason. I don't really hmm. remember why. Uh, and Dino Thunder as well because Tommy had come back, and Tommy was like my favorite character from the original series. So I had to watch at least a couple episodes of mm-hmm. what was going on there. Yeah, uh, for me, I, I dropped back in for Time Force because uh, Time Force was really good, and I was like, oh, this this is a series that kind of has a continuity and has characters that are interesting. Uh, so I, I dipped in uh, that a lot, and then uh, Wild Force with the Forever Red uh, team up I watched, and then from there on, it was just in and out until like adulthood mm-hmm. when I and and that's when I uh, discovered. Uh, Power Rangers RPM, uh, which was the last of the Disney season, and that one kind of blew me away with just how good it was. Uh, it was one of the, it was a series that I actually like had to keep going on and on with the next episode. And for a Power Rangers show, that's something that's super rare. Uh, there aren't a lot of Power Rangers shows that have a lot of plot that make you want to continue to find out what's happening next. But RPM was somehow that. Uh, I don't know if you know what RPM is. It's the series that is uh, set in a post-apocalyptic world where there is only one city uh, remaining. Wow. And, uh, like, the first episode is intense uh, with just, like, what is happening. It's, it's like, the last people get into the city and the gates close and they ask, like, uh, the, the colonel, like, what's going to happen to everyone else? And he's like may God have mercy on their souls. And that's where the title card drops. It's, uh, it, it, yeah, it was an, that was an intense one. Wow. And that, that was, that was a, another reignition for me. It was like, oh, this is a neat one. And, uh, you know, then nothing really happened until the movie and then <laughs> comics and that's here. Yeah. No, I've never, uh, my only association with RPM is knowing Rose McIver because I watched a lot of iZombie. Yeah. Uh, uh RPM is, the series that has the most uh, successful actors in it. Because uh, uh, yeah, Rose McIver was the Yellow Ranger. Uh, the Red Ranger, I believe his name is Eka Darville, and he uh, he played the junkie on Jessica Jones. Oh, and he's yep. been in That's a couple right. other things. Um, the, uh, the Green Ranger was in an Australian movie, uh, kind of like a horror comedy, called Deathgasm. And the girl who plays the villain was the lead in a series on the CW called Rain. Okay. Uh, I, re- I really like RPM, and I just so happened that <laughs> lots of those actors ended up having careers after that. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's something I really noticed about uh, Power Rangers. Uh, besides Johnny Young Bosch, I don't really see anybody anywhere uh, in, in terms of the cast. No, there's a there's a few, but they're, they're few and far between. Yeah. Uh, all right, so like in terms of... Um, all of the TV series. Have you watched all of them? I have not watched all of them. I'm making my way through them uh, 
slowly. Uh, it's become my show to watch because uh, mm. it's it's the show that I watched when I'm doing my uh, running or my elliptical just to kind of get me hyped up. Uh, so I just actually today uh, finished watching Mystic Force, uh, okay. which I hadn't seen before, uh, which I thought was overall a pretty decent show. And I thought the ending was really cruddy, which is unfortunate. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, as of this point, I think I'm about maybe eight series or so left to watch but i have a cursory knowledge all of it just from passing knowledge right it looks pretty good i um Well, well, we'll get to that when we when we get to that with the series. But let's move on to the comic now. Um, published by Boon Studios, uh, it's just a re reboot and also reimagining of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers with uh, the original Rangers: um, Jason, Tommy, Kim, Trini, Billy, Zach. Oh, yep. I thought I was gonna forget him for a minute there. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, the, it's a uh, Exactly as you would expect from a, a, a reboot, uh, at least in the first couple issues, and then it gets really, really interesting from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what were your initial thoughts about this comic as you got into it? Uh, my initial thoughts, uh, I, I wasn't super hopeful for a Power Rangers comic. Uh, the last one that had come out was uh, by a kid's imprint called Paper Cuts, and I had thought that this was like the same series as that for a little bit before I actually dived into it. That one was that one was like super super juvenile super super uh, super plain super bland and this one when I like I, I started with with the issue zero that came out I don't know like I don't know if you've read that one or not uh, so or... but the issue zero has a lot more of the the ghost Rita that that haunts Tommy throughout the first uh, couple issues of this run um, and it's really interesting I, I really uh, kind of saw it as Green Ranger Year One, uh, to put it in comic book terms. Just like uh, what what it, what would actually be um, the team's thought process about letting in this guy who was once their enemy, and how does how does Tommy feel about that? How how does the team dynamic actually change? Because in the actual series, uh, Tommy's just there and everyone's completely cool and chill with it, and there's not a lot of of drama that comes from uh, the new dynamic shift. It's just, oh, this is how it is now. Uh, the comic actually investigates and dives into the changing team dynamic, which I think is a which is a really big strength of the Boom comics overall, is taking um, the simple premises from the show and expanding them into... Uh, like, basically, if Power Rangers was a like young adult teen show that was being made today what would that look like and that's really what the comics are Hmm. it still stays pretty true to what power rangers is 
but it puts it in a more grounded, realistic tone, which I think really works in its favor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I picked these up the first time, I thought they would just be um, a campy reimagining of the campy TV show that I saw when I was a kid. Um, but what you were talking about, that was uh, those new leadership dy- dynamics uh, with Tommy, as the most of the readers know, was the leader of the Power Rangers for a large portion of time by the time he was accepted in. But now we get this uh, more of a power struggle with um, Tommy's natural leadership charisma clashing with Jason's actual leadership role. And I, th- I found that really interesting. I think that's when I, I realized that this was going to be something more special than than the original series and not just a nostalgia bomb for me. Something else I really liked about uh, just like the dynamic of the comic was the fact that they didn't set it in the 90s, they set it in present day. So, like, characters have smartphones, characters, like, can communicate in other ways. Uh, the fashion is more relevant to today. And, like, that different tone, that like, different setting um, still makes sense with Power Rangers, and it's still very clearly Power Rangers. Just what if Power Rangers was happening, like, in a contemporary setting? As opposed to back in the nineties, I thought that was I thought that worked really well too. Yeah, I agree. Um, I guess uh, what was like the first? I mean, the 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 first big arc was uh, the Grecon stuff, right? The first, I mean, the the first part was Tommy's acceptance into the team, but the first like big antagonist thing was Grecon, and it seemed to be more um, one-off villains up until that point, if I remember. Yeah, uh, like it, it was really a lot of Rita getting um some advice from a mysterious voice uh and then someone shows up in a in a black armor and they're kind of battling against him um and then eventually it turns out that the guy in the black armor is is draken um either either from him uh actually traveling across dimensions or just um his spirit was in the armor i don't think it's ever really clear which way it actually goes um but yeah, uh, nothing about this comic is it, it, it's very comic book. Uh, <laughs> it definitely has a lot of comic tropes, especially um, dimension hopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something it's one that you see a lot in American comics because it's a really easy um, power dynamic shift, uh, and I think it really works well here, um, despite the fact that it is like a kind of an easy thing to do when you're doing a comic book. Yeah, uh, I mean another big comic booky thing about this is that there are there's the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which is the main series, and then Goku Power Rangers, which is a prequel series, uh, I believe. I mm-hmm. yeah, I I have not uh, really read a bunch of those, but I have caught up with the trades for Mighty Morphin, and then there's like some one-off uh, books like Pink, and um, so some other. Uh, crossovers with Justice League and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I've not read at all, and I, think I, can, I don't know if I'm really interested in those. Uh, uh, the Justice League one is kind of garbo, <laughs> uh, but the Turtles one is real good. Okay. Uh, the Turtles one has some of the best comic art I've seen in a long time, uh, and the, I, I think why that one works really well is because like the Power Rangers are teenagers, TMNT are teenagers, so mixing them makes sense as opposed to justice league which mm. is just like such a wildly different power dynamic but uh like having the turtles and the rangers meet makes a lot more sense 
and it has happened in the show proper too, so it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> but I really, I actually really enjoyed. Them. I thought it was really- the their source materials are both. Uh, pretty campy as well, so I, I would imagine the tone works much better than a Justice mm-hmm. League. Yeah, uh, just talking about the others, uh, Power Rangers Pink, I really enjoyed. Um, I think that was one of the ones that really sold me on the Power Rangers comic in, in general, because uh, it took uh, an event that was really glossed over in the show itself, which is Kimberly leaving. Like, they give her like an arc, but she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to go to a gymnastics competition, and that's it. And they don't really, like, because the actress left and didn't want to do anymore, they really couldn't focus on Kimberly anymore. And then she just comes back for the Turbo movie. And in the meantime, she sends Tommy a Dear John letter breaking up with him in the show. Uh, and the comic actually takes that idea and gives it a full story. Uh, like, the main plot of, of the Power Rangers Pink is kind of over by issue four which gives one issue as an epilogue with uh, her internal thought processes and, and, and decisions between, bef- like, in sending Tommy that letter, which I found just I- extremely interesting to me. Uh, and I thought that that was just such a cool thing that the comics could have done, and that that really made me a lot more interested in the comics as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that pink volume as well. Um just being able to delve into these characters in a way that uh, the original series would not really allow to, because they're they're constrained by a lot of things. Um, mostly that they are based off of that Japanese product, so they only have so much stuff that they can uh, that they can really do with these characters. Given that they also have to fit in the uh, morphed fikes and also the Zord fikes when they're ap- applicable. Um, mm-hmm. But really uh, delving into what what's going through these characters' heads, especially in the in a comic format, which is much more uh, forgiving to things like internal monologues as compared to a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's we won't talk too much on the newest uh, Craig number ten, but like that's also what I liked about ten as well, which which is where you get to see Jason, Trini, and Zach go off and do something else, and like they didn't just leave the show because of a contract dispute or whatever. They are doing something else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really uh, super impressed with how the whole series has gone so far. Yeah, um, and, and, and like like. Uh, just because Gogo does exist, I think Gogo's really interesting too. Um, just because it was, it, it took a uh, so Muddy Morphin Power Rangers takes place after after Tommy has has joined the team. Uh, Gogo Power Rangers takes place about two weeks after the team has gotten their powers for the first time. So it really it's a lot more character focus as a book. There's a lot more. A lot more of that internal character drama, which I really, really liked, and I thought that was all really good stuff. Okay, that's interesting. I was always wondering, like, what, uh, what sort of prequel Goku was. Uh, I, I might have read Volume One, but I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting to hear. I'm, I, I wanted to deal. I want to delve into that because uh, just be seeing the uh, the dynamics between them already working in the first one is expected as someone who's watched the TV show. But seeing those try to blossom is uh, a whole nother thing because I don't. Did they know each other before they became Ranger? Uh, yeah. The thing is, like, some of them, like, they all knew each other, but they had a like different group dynamic beforehand. Mm-hmm. And one of the big, uh, one of one of the interesting things that 
happened in the first part is Kimberly actually had a boyfriend mm. at the time. And it becomes a thing of like this this guy who was once a part of the friend group is now uh, being left out and he's wondering why, but the rest of the team can't really tell him why they're spending time and they're leaving all the time. So it becomes, it, it, so it adds an interesting uh, shift because of course, like they're all popular kids in the show. They would have had other friends uh, and not all of their friends would become Power Rangers. So right. what happens to those other ones? That's a, that's a big part of Go-Go at the start That that's really interesting that I really liked. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, even with uh, stuff like the Dracon story, you get to see this alternate universe Tommy Oliver, and while you're seeing the alternate universe Tommy Oliver, who is evil and wants to take over the world, etc., etc., you see the, uh, the main universe Tommy Oliver, I guess, the one that's in the story that we are reading, um, kind of going through the same things, being like, uh, this person that I'm fighting is me. I could go through, oh, go, go down that path at any moment, and I don't really know what actions will take me there or what actions will stop me from going there. So the um, just delving into these psychological elements of these characters is, excre- is extremely interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like the Tommy, the to- what happens with Tommy? Really, the crux of most of the series, uh, at least up until the end of Shattered Grid. Uh, and like what makes him a hero in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, um, and, and and I think like seeing that mirror self really works for him to become a leader, as he eventually does uh, later on the, in the series proper. Yeah. So um, m- moving along to like the shattered grid, beyond the grid stuff. What did you? What do you think of that stuff? Uh, were you furiously googling literally every character that showed up, as I was? Uh, no, I, I I knew I knew. <laughs> uh, I was pretty aware. Uh, there's also a there's another podcast that I listen to. Uh, it's called Ranger Danger, and uh, they were able to secure the writer of Power Rangers comic basically from the start. So every issue they have a about a, a 30 to an hour minute conversation uh, about what the processes are in writing the book, what the thought process, like what is the creative decisions they're making. And it went on into uh, the Shattered Grid stuff and to be honest, still going on. Uh, so it's really interesting to find out like why are they picking what characters to put in uh, and what is the whole process there? Uh, so listening to that and also just my knowledge of Power Rangers, there was nothing super out of left field for me. Uh, they chose a lot of very popular characters to focus on in it, so that was it was neat. Mm. And that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I was not familiar with a lot of the people that came up yeah. uh, in and around Shattered Grid or Beyond the Grid, so I was completely lost and being like, oh, that one's green. Uh, that one has a different. <laughs> that one has a different uh, costume. So I know. I know it's someone else. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the interesting things ar- around this time is just exactly uh, exactly what was happening with the brand. So at the time, like the comic was becoming so much more successful, especially around the time of Shattered Grid. Shattered Grid was re- really like the the apex of these of these books. So you had Shattered Grid happening. There was a uh, tabletop RPG happening as well called Power Rangers Hyperforce that featured a number had featured three Power Rangers actors. Uh, Paul Sh- Paul Schreier, who played Bulk. Uh, Peter Sidarso, 
and Yoshi Sadarso, who were who are brothers who played Power Rangers in different seasons. They were all on um, the show as well. And the tabletop RPG ended up tying into Shattered Grid as well. They had like some uh, tie-in episodes that ended up becoming canon. And those characters from the tabletop RPG uh, appear in the actual uh, comic too, which I think was really neat. Uh, yeah, so that was all happening. Um, the comics ended up influencing... Um, there's a board game out now called Heroes of the Grid that uses a lot of the comic art. And then the fighting game that came out uh, is basically... Uh, there's a story mode in it that is a retelling of Shattered Grid with a few different changes. So, like, Shattered Grid really influenced a lot. And Draken was such a big uh, addition to the universe. And basically everyone's eaten him up. And he has produced a lot of really interesting merch that has sold very well. Uh, I think it's the thing from the comic books that is going to continue uh, for the rest of Power Rangers history, because it's just too good of a concept to pass up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. I've I, I seen that board game around. I've not, I've not played it at all. Um, not that I have anyone that I can play with anymore, given that we are in second side, but... Um, have you played it? Did you like it? Yeah, I ended up getting lucky enough. Um, my D&D group, uh, one of our party members, uh, couldn't play for a while. So for about uh, a month, we were playing the game. And, and it's really it's a really hard game. Uh, it's a cooperative, uh, like, like you're all against the board kind of game. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's incredibly hard to actually win that. Uh, but it's really fun. It's really well designed. I was... Like I was collecting it, I had like I think I owned it for about a year, half a year before actually playing it. And thank goodness it's a good game because I spent so much money on it otherwise. <laughs> uh, but it's really it, it it's a very strong game. I was really happy with with how it go how it went. All right, that's cool. That's yeah. good to hear. Uh, I mean, it looks cool. I mean, mm-hmm. It was a bad game. Um, no, look look, it's it's fantastic, and the like all the minis are great, and they're still announcing things all the time. And it's making my wallet hurt. <laughs> All right. So, uh, did you have anything, uh, any other cool things that you wanted to mention about Power Rangers? Uh, uh, I was talking about that podcast, Ranger Danger, um, at the Power Morphicon, which is the Power Rangers convention. Uh, they actually ended up doing a live reading of uh, Shattered Grid up until the final issue. Uh, and it was really impressive. They got a lot of the Power Rangers actors who were there to voice all the characters. They ended up getting um, Zordon's voice back. They got Rita's voice back. Uh, Jason David Frank was caught in an autograph line, but they got um, Time Force Red to read for to read for Tommy. Um, one of the one of the Starsa brothers did Jason. It was just like a, such a really interesting thing to hear the comic with voices and and see it really kind of come to life and it just kind of like i know like everyone who who saw that kind of thought thought this would be such a great idea for like some kind of like animated miniseries or something Mm -hmm. uh because it's just a really really cool like it's i believe uh shout factory has that a special on their youtube or something uh, it's so interesting and it's so neat and you really like if you can you should check it out it's such a it's a goddamn blast to watch um, but yeah Shutter Grid was really Shutter Grid as a whole is just such a great culmination of what Power Rangers is 
And I think it's just one of the best things in Power Rangers to date. Yeah, and also like what it, what it can be given the scope and scale of Power Rangers by this point. There's uh, like what 25 seasons of the television show or something in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being able to showcase all of the uh, most popular characters and even some of the less popular characters, at least in in background panels or whatever. Um, it, it just brought the uh, the scale of what Power Rangers is to uh, to the forefront. I think that was really cool. I, I am aware that there are a lot of seasons and a lot of Rangers that I have no familiarity or knowledge of, uh, especially after reading Shattered Grig, but just seeing them all was uh, extremely cool to watch or to read, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we haven't talked about Beyond the Grid, uh, kind of for good reason. I, I'm not... Beyond the Grid is fine, I guess. Uh, like, did you read Beyond the Grid? Yes. Yeah. I, uh, sort of remember it. Yeah, it's eh, plain. Uh, it was the first, it was the first time that another writer had really taken over, uh, writing duties. And I think, I think she had some really good ideas. Uh, the writer was Marguerite Bennett. Uh, I think she had some really good ideas. I don't think they transferred well to the comic format. And I think the art uh didn't do any favors either unfortunately uh the art was kind of messy uh but the idea of that was there were a bunch of different rangers uh that get like got lost in the shuffle of shattered grid and it's their mission of getting home uh they meet new rangers that are created just for the comic and then they all get home mm-hmm. and, and it's an interest it's an interesting side story but it's like largely forgettable i guess hmm yeah, I guess maybe this would have worked as uh, another pink one-off or something, or maybe as those, because uh, each of the first um, nine trades, I believe, have a little side story that's like, here's what uh, Babu and what's-his-face are doing, or here's what Bulk and Skull is doing, and mm-hmm. those are really fun and cool, and I think if it was uh, if it was framed in a different way, it might have been received better, So I think there were some cool ideas in that, at least, um, mm-hmm. but... Uh, just having it as a main story, especially after Shattered Grig. I mean, Shattered Grig is hard to follow up uh, to begin yeah. with. So yeah, it, it's very hard to follow up with uh, because, like, I, I mean, like, it's essentially the finale of your book, and like having to follow up on a finale is always hard. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I did mention the uh, um, the extras in the, in the backs of the books, uh, the mm-hmm. extra chapters. I really liked those as well uh, once I finally realized what was going on because I don't I don't know why I didn't realize that these were like connected extra stories but it took me mm-hmm. three or four trades or something for, for me to realize that. But I really enjoy those, just a, a peek into the lives of what these other characters are doing, especially Bulk and Skull, as they are getting some more screen time and um, I believe in Shattered Grid there's like a big Bulk or Skull moment? I don't remember which one. Uh, Shattered Grid, probably. I think that it's a good skull moment. Uh, see, for me, for me, Shattered Grid goes back and forth with Gogo, and like, there's a lot of good bulk and skull moments. Uh, in both of those, I think like, I think one of them is is bulk, and one of them is skull. In each of the series, they both have a really interesting character character moments. Because um, the Gogo, the Gogo uh, Shattered Grid stuff is focused on uh, Ranger Slayer, who's the other like big addition to Power Rangers lore that has really hit with fans, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, Kimberly from the same universe as Draken, uh, who is under the influence of 
like Tommy was an evil weapon and how that how a Kimberly from the future who knows uh, all the moves the Rangers are going to make. How does that how how do they fight that? And then eventually, because obviously she's not going to remain under, under evil spell forever when she gets better. How does she atone for for what she's done? And uh, Kimberly and Bulk in uh, the future segments of that book have a great uh, dynamic mm-hmm. uh, with each other. That's that's really fun to read. Yeah, because I believe in that in that timeline, Dragon had like taken over the world, and um, he had given Morphin energy to like his top lieutenants or something. And Bulk was one of them. So just seeing that, uh, <laughs> seeing Bulk as a ranger was kind of funny to begin with, but also seeing him have. Uh, this moment of, um, he's always ragging on the Rangers in the TV show, but, uh, he really loves them to, mm-hmm. to the Yang. So, um, even seeing alternative Bulk do that, you know, that, like, the real Bulk feels like as well, even as he is, uh, shoving the Power Rangers around and bullying them for no reason. Yeah, that's one of, that's one of the good things with the comic, too, is, like, the comic knows the ultimate trajectory of Bulk and Skull, so they can really play up, uh, their more caring human aspects instead of them just being bullies. Uh, they can make them a lot more fleshed out as characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, like, again, that's one of the things that Gogo really does well, is with Bulk and Skull. They really they really thrive in that book. Yeah. Uh, I like them both in this book, mm-hmm. as opposed to not really liking them at all in the V-Show. <laughs> yeah, did you have anything else on the on Power Rangers? Or should we call it an episode? Uh, I feel like we have barely scratched the surface, but um, there's just so, so much. Yeah, there's really just so much. Um, like, I wrote notes for this. Uh, I think overall, like, the comics really uh, uh, keep to the idea of this is the show you thought you were watching as a kid. And I think that's really the strength of it is, like, this, like if if someone had, like, a billion dollars to make a TV show of Power Rangers from scratch, uh, knowing everything you did that would come later and you can make it a fully formed uh, entity, this is kind of how it would turn out. And I, and I think that that's really the power of this comic, is it really fully realizes what Power Rangers could have been. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. And uh, having it in the comic format as well, not having to use the Ranger footage or Zord footage from the Japanese version of Power Rangers, uh, whatever it's called, my goodness, I should have looked it up. Um, it's called Kyoru Sentai Zoo Ranger. Yes. Um, is what the first one's called. Yeah, not having to use that footage, um, it just really gives them the freedom to explore in a lot of ways that mm-hmm. uh, the original series just can't. Yeah, because for real, they did, they had no idea that Power Rangers was going to be such a big success, or like exactly how it was going to like change kids' TV. So it was the most low budget affair possible. Like I don't, I don't even, I don't even think they had uh, helmetless suits in the first season because it just wasn't in the budget. Uh, and like just the limitations of the show were so obvious, especially when you're watching it nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seeing a version of Power Rangers that isn't limited by budgets, isn't limited by uh, companies not wanting to give actors raises, uh, isn't limited by like what's happening in the Japanese footage, having to be true to this location is here, this location is here, uh, and just having good writing overall uh, really changes what Power Rangers could be. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's kind of what the comics bring to the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Well, I guess to close out, did you have uh, like a favorite monster from the original TV series? One that really sticks out in my mind is the uh, the one that ate everything but didn't eat spicy foods. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, see, for me, for me, lots of the monsters I remember are ones that appeared in the Super Nintendo game as well. Oh. So it's like the troll I remember. Uh, but the one I always like had nightmares of is I believe it's called the Terror Toad. And it had a gimmick where it ate the rangers and then the rangers' faces appear in its belly. And that always kind of stuck with me, even though like I think looking back on it, it's just like a pasted piece of paper of their <laughs> face on the stomach. But yeah. that one's always pretty I am looking it up right now, and I exactly what it looks like, and I have no recollection of it. Um, and, of course, Pumpkin Rapper, because uh, he's a pumpkin who raps. Man, there are so many ones I just don't remember there, at all. There are. Yeah. Pumpkin Rapper. Pumpkin Rapper is really... <laughs> oh, there's a Funko Pop of it. Uh, all right, so um, let's close this episode out. Where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash chandyran. Uh, that's C H A N D Y R A N. Uh, if you're ever in the Winnipeg area for a convention, I, I do a lot of stuff at Icon, the local convention here in Manitoba. And I'm just generally on the internet here and there. All right. You can find me on Twitter at CompassionateK. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Manga in Your Ears. And you can find all of our episodes over at xtaikupodcasts.com. That's T A I I K U. Uh, Randy, thank you for coming on and talking about Power Rangers. I, oh, uh, my pleasure. Yeah, I have no idea what other avenue I would have to talk about this, but I'm glad <laughs> that uh, you are here and we are friends to talk about it. Exactly, me too. Yeah.